the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This program is sponsored by North Valley Church of Christ. There's a message true and glad for the sinful and the sad. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. It will give them courage new. It will help them to be true. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring out. Good afternoon, folks, and welcome back to another episode of Redeeming the Time. I'm your host, Chris Macy. And I am the minister with the North Valley Church of Christ up here in Cave Creek, Arizona. Let me ask you a question. Or I don't know. Let's do this. Let me make a statement. And I want you to think about what you, how you respond to this. I wish there was a way I could find out exactly. Anyway, here it is. Here's the statement. Ministry can be a challenge for ministers and for members. Ministry can be a challenge for ministers and for members. Do you think that is an understatement? So, let me, let me tell you uh, what I mean here. Imagine, imagine seeing this one ad for a preacher. And the one ad would start like this. <clears throat> Must have experience as a shepherd, CEO, office manager, educator, Salesman, diplomat, referee, writer, theologian, politician, motivational speaker, boy scout leader, psychologist, social worker, funeral funeral director, wedding consultant, master of ceremonies, church planter, and missionary. Now, I'm not done reading this yet, but all those things I just read, isn't that what most, if not all, ministers pretty much do, or ex- I should say, are expected to do? Now, a lot of those things in there, actually most, are not the job of a minister. But I want to keep reading. Here, here's what else is in this one ad. Helpful but not essential. Landscape manager, interior decorator, building contractor, musician, minor league athlete, and stand-up comedian. Should have answers to life's tough questions about suffering, dying, and God's sovereignty. Must hold firm convictions on every topic, but not allowed to ruffle anyone's feathers. You must think as deeply as C.S. Lewis. You must have a sweet uh, deposition that is required at all times, even when being attacked or simply having a bad day. Must have wisdom and experience of age, but energy and glow of youth. You must have no bad habits or hobbies. 24 hours a day availability is a must, but he must spend quality time with his family. Applicant's wife must be both stunning and plain. Quiet, yet outgoing. She should keep home ready for visitors at any moment and be available to teach Sunday school, organize socials, and disciple women. 
Applicants' children must be exemplary in conduct and character, yet be no different from other kids. We are an equal opportunity employer. All right. Now, I bet you've never actually seen a want ad like that. But ask around, and you might be surprised at what some people think ministers, preachers, are supposed to do and what they are supposed to be. And I, and I really bet most people would say, well, no, they're not. it's not uh, mandatory that they do these things or have those things. But ultimately, it is an expectation. It is. It is. And that's one of the reasons why Paul wrote to Timothy to clear up confusion about the duties and the expectations and the priorities of ministry. And that certainly was instruction necessary in the emerging church of the first century. But it is also necessary in every century. There were false teachers, and their doctrines were abounding in the sphere of Timothy's ministry. <coughs> Excuse me. And that's why, in this, let, in this letter, 1 Timothy, it mandates the preaching of the truth. Now, Timothy must have felt, I think, overwhelmed at times as he tried to extinguish the theological and the administrative fires that flared up at the church at Ephesus. The demands of ministry in our time, just as in Timothy's, are greater than our wisdom or abilities. And so we need a guidebook. We need a guide. First Timothy is such a book. And Paul writes this out very well, quite plainly for us, because he has, he's got the mind and heart of God on these things. So I want us to look at the first 11 verses. I know last week we, we looked at uh, kind of like an introduction. We're not going to do the introduction again of verses 1 and 2, but I am going to, to read uh, those few verses. So let's read. Yeah, let's just read verse 1 and, and 2, and then we'll, we'll, we'll jump into the text. Paul... An apostle of Christ Jesus, according to the commandment of our God, of God our Savior, and of Christ Jesus, who is our hope. To Timothy, my true child in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Uh, you know what? Let's go ahead and read all the way to verse 11. As I urged you upon my departure for Macedonia, remain on at Ephesus so that you may instruct certain men not to teach strange doctrines, nor to pay attention to myths and endless genealogies, which give rise to mere speculation rather than furthering the administration of God, which is by faith. But our, oh, I'm sorry, I apologize, verse 5, but the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. For some men, straying from these things, have turned aside to fruitless discussion, wanting to be teachers of the law, even though they do not understand either what they are saying or the matters about which they make confident assertions. But we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully realizing the fact that law is not made for a righteous person, but for those who are lawless and rebellious, for the ungodly and sinners, for the unholy and profane, for those who kill their fathers or mothers, for murderers and immoral men and homosexuals and kidnappers and liars and perjurers and whatever else is contrary to sound teaching 
according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God with which I have been entrusted. So, the main thrust of this passage is wise counsel from a seasoned veteran, from Paul to Timothy. Wise counsel from a seasoned veteran. The Christian Standard Bible, the CSB, gives the the heading uh, to this section as this. False doctrine and misuse of the law. Uh, New American Standard, that's what I use, says this. Misleadings in doctrine and living. But I kind of like the Christian Standard better. False doctrine and misuse of the law. That's right. So in the first verses uh, that follow the green, so verses 3 and following, Paul goes right into the serious matters facing Timothy. And I think we can distill his device or his, man, I'm messing up my words today. We can distill his um, advice down into four directives. But before we do that, actually, let's be reminded of uh, from whom this advice was coming. Paul, a seasoned, scarred, right, well-traveled, w- uh, wise apostle. He felt the sharp blows of stone. You know, he'd been stoned and left for dead. He, he's been whipped. Some towns, uh, people wanted to, to worship him. Others, they threw him in prison for preaching the gospel. And so this letter is not coming from the, you know, some academic hallway where he just sits around at a desk all day thinking up all this stuff. His pen, as he's writing this out, is not only with ink of sound doctrine, but with blood and sweat and tears, he's an experienced minister. He has been through it. He's faced the very things Timothy's faced and much more. So Paul's first words of advice was this. Stay at the task. Stay at the task. There at verse 3. As I urged you upon my departure for Macedonia, remain on at Ephesus. Why? So that you may instruct certain men not to teach strange doctrines. Don't do it. I know it may be hard maybe for us to believe, but preachers sometimes think about quitting their jobs, just like everyone else does. I have. I have. Um, And I don't. And some people always get a little nervous when I say that. Um, But it's just... Sometimes things get so overwhelming, and I begin to think, "Why is it worth it?" You know, and 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 that comes from a very worldly mindset. It does, because even preachers will fall into those traps. I'm looking at uh, how much I get paid, and how much stress is causing myself, my wife, my kids, the future. I'm thinking, "What? I should just go somewhere else and start over again." Well, that's silly. That's dumb. Is what that is. That's Satan trying to split me from doing a good work. So, no doubt. When Timothy saw uh, when Timothy saw what he was uh, up against, he wanted to quit. The pressure can be intense. People can be inflexible. Their expectations can be unreasonable. And sometimes it is best and easier to just move on. But more than than uh n- not the thing that is most needed is to stay at it, the, to persevere. There is no such thing ever as a stress-free, problem-free ministry. You may go to a new place and you'll have that honeymoon period, but the, the difficulties are just going to 
crop up again. You just have to figure out where they're coming from again. If the grass looks greener on the other side, you can bet their water bill is higher, right? (laughs) It is usually best to just let God forge his glory in the furnace of ministry, and he often does his best work through the problems and the difficulties. So Paul's message to Timothy, and all of us really, is to stay at the task. Whatever work we're trying to accomplish for God, we need to persevere. If there are difficulties, rejoice. Stay at the task and draw upon God's vast resources. Keep at it. Second word of advice from this seasoned veteran Paul to Timothy, and for you and me today. This this doesn't just apply to preachers. It also applies to members. You know, let me let me back up for a second before I get into the second uh, bit of advice from Paul. You, if you're a member of a body of Christ, have you ever wanted to leave? Just leave, not because false teaching, but you're just there are so many problems or this or that or the other, or you got uh, issues with another member, you got issues with the preacher, you got an issues with the elder. And have you ever wanted to? You know, I just want to leave. I'm tired. Of coming here and being stressed, I'm not being spiritually fulfilled here. Well, step back for a moment. Is it really, is whatever is bothering you, is it really so bad that it is keeping you from focusing on God? Why do you focus on that one problem or maybe two? Do you really believe that you will be able to find another congregation where you will not run into problems or where that congregation won't be? Uh, won't have something something that maybe they're doing wrong or they, they make mistakes. We make mistakes here at North Valley, and when they're pointed out to us, we look at it, we pray about it, the elders, and we we make the needed corrections if there's the, if they're there to be made. We want to do what is right before God. We don't want to do what's right before people, but before God. We wanted to worship Him in spirit and in truth. That's on the level of our heart, and according to the genuine truth we receive from Christ. So with that, let's go on to the second word of advice from Paul was to communicate the truth. Paul told Timothy, stay at the task because you know the truth needed to be communicated because of the false teachers, because of their doctrines. Paul saw communication of the truth as the number one top priority for Timothy's ministry. There at the very end of verse 3, uh, so that you may instruct you, Timothy, instruct certain men not to teach strange doctrine. The claims and commands of Christ were being assaulted by men teaching these things, and they needed to be corrected. One commentator pointed out that the word false uh, doctrine literally meant different doctrine, a doctrine that diverted from the accepted teaching of the Old Testament and of Christ and of the apostles. Paul did not elaborate on the details of this, uh, in verse 4, he'll say, it, you know, I guess it could have involved myths and you know the endless genealogies and things of that nature. So Paul's point, what is it for Timothy? Be sure we stick with the truth. Stand up for the truth. In Timothy's, Timothy's day, there was a world of different doctrines from the growing movement uh, of different, you know, uh, Judea, or not, I shouldn't say growing movement, but you got the Judaizers, you got the pagan cult worshipers of Ephesus, uh, Ephesus was also the center of worship for uh, Ar- uh, Artemis and others. So knowing and teaching God's word wasn't an option for Timothy. That was a necessity, and it still is today. Don't we have these same problems? 
We do. We find ourselves seated before a buffet of false teaching, many of them attractive. Yeah. Some uh, even sprinkled with a few grains of truth. That's why all of us, not just the preachers, need to know God's word to, so that we may discern the false from the truth. Otherwise, we'll swallow anything, even the tasty but poisonous fare offered by false teachers. Number three, Paul's third word of advice was concentrate on the target. Concentrate on the target. Okay, so looking at verse 4 and 7, talking about false teachers and their teaching, here's what what Paul writes. Uh, This is the the second half of verse 4. Well, I'll read the, the beginning of it, but it's really the second half. So he says, or writes, nor to pay attention to myths and endless genealogies, which give rise to mere speculation rather than furthering the administration of God, which is by faith. But the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. For some men straying from these things have turned aside to fruitless discussion, wanting to be teachers of the law, even though they do not understand either what they are saying or the matters about which they make confident assertions. Okay, what was supposed what was supposed to be Timothy's target? What was supposed to be our target? Love. For Jesus and his followers, that'd be you and me, love is the key word. It sums it all up. Christianity is not all about knowledge. It is about winning theological, or I'm sorry, it is not. It is not about winning theological arguments. It is not about championing a political cause or impressing other people. It is about loving as God loves. You may be saying, well, Chris, some of those things are important. Well, hang on there and and let me finish the thought. Paul says that this love flows first from a pure heart. And what that is talking about is that's where our only desire is to help others and lead them closer to God. From a good conscience where we are secure because we live up to the teaching to our best of our ability, from a sincere faith, where we are earnest in our desire to find truth and to communicate it. The false teachers were obviously not aiming for the same goal. They were motivated motivated by something other than love. I like what William Barclay says in his commentary. He gives this picture of these false teachers. He says, they were, the false teachers, were driven by the desire for novelty. They exalted the mind at the expense of the heart. They dealt in argument rather than in action. They were moved by arrogance rather than by humility. They were guilty of dogmatism without knowledge. And these are helpful tests for us as we seek to stay on target. So we can ask ourselves, what are the results of my study of God's word. What are the results of my study of God's words? Is it creating a desire to be novel, to fill my mind and not the heart, to get lost in arguments rather than action, to become arrogant or to become dogmatic? Or is it bringing about the godly 
character of love in my life. God's real work in our lives through his word results in holy and righteous attitudes and actions. We do the things we do in Christ because of our love for the Father. Because we realize everything he has done for us, created us, given us this world, this universe. And then when we messed it all up, gave his own son on the cross to die in our place so that we may have our sins covered and be able to come back into a relationship with him. What a blessing. Do we understand what that really means? And Paul's final word of advice was, remember the standard, there in verses 8 through 11. But we know, there in verse 11, that the law is good if one uses it lawfully. Realizing the fact that law is not made for a righteous person, but for those who are lawless and rebellious, and for the ungodly and sinners, for the unholy and profane, for those who kill their fathers or mothers, for murderers and immoral men and homosexuals and kidnappers and liars and perjurers and whatever else is contrary to sound, healthy teaching. According to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, with which I have been entrusted, Paul writes. Paul made a very important and significant point here about the law. It appears that the false teachers were misusing the law because they had misunderstood the purpose of the law. The right use of the law is to expose, right? To restrain and convict the lawless. It can't help anyone. All it can do is point out sin and problems. It cannot save lost sinners. It can only reveal their need for a Savior. But notice that Paul started out with general kinds of sinfulness. You know, lawless and rebellious, ungodly, things of that nature, uh, unholy and irreverent. But when Paul gives more specific examples, he mentions murderers, including those who kill their fathers and mothers. That's pretty ruthless. The sexual immoral, that includes the homosexual behavior. And he mentions slave trade, the, the lying, slave trade. And finally, Paul reverted back to a broad generality and whatever else would be contrary to the sound teaching. God has given us his laws and his commands, and they are the righteous standards that guide our behavior. Without them, we would not know what is right and what is wrong. But it isn't the law that saves us. But we are saved through the glorious gospel of our blessed God. The gospel is the good news of salvation. We cannot save ourselves by being good through the law. And yet we cannot remain in Christ without maintaining or walking in or striving for the standard God has given us in his Son. Some I had said that the law is not the gospel, but the gospel is not lawless. That is true. This was something Timothy needed to remember, and so do we. We are saved by God's grace, but that grace isn't a license to keep on sinning. That's what Paul was talking about in uh, Romans chapter 6 when he was explaining how baptism is necessary. You do need to be baptized into Christ. 
you, it is part of salvation. But he, he does make the comment there, of like, well, should I go on sinning so that grace may increase? May it never be. No. Anyway, I, I, don't, I don't want to get lost into that. We don't have time. But grace and faith require a repentance from sin, moving away from it and striving for the standards of God. So let's review. Here, here's Paul's advice to Timothy that we've looked at this, uh, this afternoon. Stay the task. Communicate the truth. Concentrate on the target. And remember the standard. Maybe, maybe another simpler way to summarize this lesson would be stay alert. Realize the error. That error exists and do not hesitate to expose it. So stay alert. Stay focused. Don't forget. The overall goal should be that of producing love even when dealing with error in our enemies. So stay alert, stay focused, and stay informed. Know the word and teach the word of God. It's like, it's like that one ad we talked about at the very beginning in this program for the, the preacher from, from the beginning. Maybe it should read something like this. Minister wanted. Prefer the compassion and care of a shepherd, the discipline and steadfastness of a warrior, and the zeal of a prophet. Main responsibilities, love God and love people. Love the truth, teach the truth, live the truth. Clay feet required. He must be one of us. Ministry is tough, not just for preachers but for all of Jesus' disciples and servants, those who lean on human example and listen to people more than to God will have trouble. They will miss God's best and wind up disappointed, confused, and insecure. For those who lean on the Lord and listen to his word, the ministry will still be a challenge, but their direction, vision, and philosophy will be shaped by the Master. These people will serve Christ with fulfillment, enthusiasm, and endurance. And I hope and I pray that all of us will put into practice the things Paul suggested for Timothy. And I pray we never give up. I pray that we will communicate the truth. I pray that we will stay on target, concentrate on it, and that we will remember the standard and live by it. Redeem the time. Redeem the time. Make the most of the opportunities that God has put before us. Because there's not much time. There never is. It always feels like it when you're young. But as you get older, you realize there's not much time. Let's think about these things and pray about these things, especially for our country today. Thank you for being here this afternoon with me. And may God bless you. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. This program was sponsored by North Valley Church of Christ. To hear this program again, go to FamilyValuesRadio1010.com and click on the podcast page and find this program and many others right there on FamilyValuesRadio1010.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.